welcome on in. Enzwell Boxing, Ireland's boxing podcast. I'm Al Rich. Click on the link in the attached show notes. You'll find all our previous episodes. If you want to get in touch, suggestions, ideas, you'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can email us at endswellpod at pearlhandmail.com. You're welcome indeed to the first in a series of what we'll call fight-sized episodes. With 12 cards coming in a hectic 10-week period, the plan is to zero in on some of, and as many as possible, of the boxers who figure on these cards. I've some real belters done already, and even more in the pipeline. So as always, it's my privilege and pleasure to be in your ears for the first episode in this short series. Former Irish amateur star announced his uh, decision to turn pro earlier this year. Decision and an outcome path that was always probably going to come with a talent such as his. But it was probably the timing and uh, of the round of move that surprised most. And uh, James McGivern now joins me to have a chat about that and everything else in between. How are you keeping, James? I'm not too bad. I'm back training. Um, I've been back training. I never really stopped training, you know. But I'm glad now that I'm back with a date and a goal and envisionment to it, me motivated and keep me going again. It makes things an awful lot easier, doesn't it? Whether you have, whether it's me doing interviews or whether it's you coaching coaching the kids or getting ready for camp. When you have a date to work towards or you have someone to aim towards, it makes it a different story, doesn't it? Big time, yeah. When you have a date... Like when I got told my, I remember the first session. Like whenever I got told to date, I remember the first session when I was training. I could actually envision. I was in the ring doing a bit of shadow boxing. My dad set up a wee drill about making small circles in the ring and staying in the middle of the ring. And I could actually envision the person was fighting and inside the ring. It was kind of surreal to be honest. That's I incredible. That yeah, is incredible. Nearly. That's 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 that comes from years and years and years of practice, I suppose, and visualizing and everything else. But yeah, coming to that, I suppose, boxing and James McGivern. Where did it start? And if you want to take us back to that, was it was it always going to be boxing? Could it have been anything um, else? Or funny enough, no. I, I was played Gaelic football, played soccer. I played every sport underneath the sun. I'd done a bit of everything. But um, Danzo, Danny Boyd, is a coach down the club. Um, I remember years ago being at a family wedding and him slagging, being like, "When are you going to come to the boxing club?" And to me, I was like, "What's a boxing club? And who are you?" Kind of thing. I was like, "What is? What even is that?" <laughs> Then my cousin had went a couple of times, a few of my mates went in the street, and I had said to my parents, can I go? And they were like, no, not boxing, this is not boxing. And then I snuck down one night, and I went down, and Danton was telling my dad about me going down, and my dad was like, right, fine, you'll never miss another training in your life. And from that, I mean, I haven't missed too many. But I, it was never really it was never really one of them things that I had planned to do, it just sort of happened. And what age would that have been, James, roughly? Um, Six. Jesus, you're, you're there a long time. You're there long, too long now to forget. I when I look back now, like I'm, I'm obviously only 22, and I always go, "Gee, I've plenty of miles in my clock." And everyone goes, "You're only young." And I've still got plenty of miles in the clock, totally. Well, this this clock, this famous clock, people talk about, and 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 sometimes it's used as a, it, it's it's cast away, but sometimes it's it's played down. But it's it's very it's very much a factor, especially in such a high intensity program coming through the Irish system and most amateur systems. So, that's that's uh, we can look at, I suppose, when it comes to your timing and your decision. But, um, how how long into that from a six year old kid? I suppose you can't box competitively till you get to boy one, but how yeah. soon into that journey and how soon after you went through those doors did it become apparent that this a little bit more than a pastime or a hobby or something that James was going to do just to, to keep him out of trouble around that sort of 10, 11 years old uh, whenever we'd, we'd been about spawn and stuff like that in different clubs and people had always sort of said that I had a lot of natural talent my name my name for boxing is the natural because everyone always says I have a lot of natural talent he's just naturally good at it and it 
it just sort of again snowballed to the point where I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And then after boy one, where I was winning, boy two was winning. Went, went to the Europeans in Russia, and then sort of from there, that first world trip way to Ireland, I was like, I said, I'm, I'm a boxer now. This is now my job. And from that point of view, when you're looking at the natural side of it, that t- and, and you're the type of fella that um, that most of us that wouldn't have the natural talent, we'd look at him and say, oh, bastard, Jesus, everything comes so easy to him. But with uh, that, I'm guessing there's a balance to that, like there is with most things in life. Is there a side of it then that you, the people with a natural talent and a gift like that, that there's areas of the of your sport or of your, of your game that you would have to work a little bit harder on? Of course. Listen, I'm not... Anytime we were down in Dublin, John John Callan always talked about a universal boxer. So he would say Lomachenko was a perfect example of a universal boxer. He can do everything. He can go forward. He can go backward. He can box southpaw, overdocks. He can be in close. He can be out far. So that's the that's the goal of what you want to be. Because then when you get to that stage, there's not too many people that are going to beat you. So while yes, I'm naturally talented, there is still a lot of things in my game I have to work on. And a big one, obviously, if anyone watches me fighting, they'll go, he's a counter puncher. So a big one that I have to work on and progress in my game is going forward and big fighting and tight and then close yeah. so it's, it's by no means am I a complete boxer yet I still have a lot to learn not at all and it's, it's, it's it all, and it amazes me the amount of guys that I speak to the guys and girls in the in the um, in the unit down there and very early in the conversation that man's name comes in he's a very it can never can never highlight enough for people outside of the, and there's a lot of people in Ireland as I say will listen or watch every four years when the Olympic comes around or whatever but in between they don't see or know the extra miles that the fellas like John Conlon in particular go uh, they're, they're, they go far and above and I cannot highlight this enough and stress enough they go far 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 and more yeah, and exactly. farther than a coach does they're almost like a parent at times aren't they see John the things that I don't know John's job description when he went to his interview or whatever I don't know what the <clears> job description was but I can tell you now for a fact he goes way above and beyond easy see whenever I decided that I was taking a break from boxing John was like come on up I'll have a chat and there was it was madness I was going up expecting like a why are you doing it for what, what's wrong I literally went up just had a conversation a cup of tea sat in the house and it, it was not like I was expecting to go up and get a grill nothing yeah. as you say see that they're becoming almost like a parent figure when you're away boxing, John's your dad. Yeah. And like there's not, there's no problem that I would be afraid to go to John and say, listen, this has happened. And I remember a perfect example, funny enough, when we were in Samoa at the Youth Commonwealth Games, we were going through New Zealand airport and my bag got lost. So I went to the, like the baggage reclaim thing and I must have set my passport down on the counter and then downed it off of it. Got to the hotel and my John, I have no passport. And usually, there's a frenzy whereas John was like, right, calm down, we'll just sort the situation out went, got the passport back, there was no big drama. Like, I panicked and went, Jesus, I'm going to be stuck in New Zealand for the rest of my life. And John was like, go and sort it. Like, he's, he's, that set of things, he's brilliant. And then as a coach, I've said on team times, and I can probably be quoted saying that, that I'd say he's the best coach in the world. Yeah, I know. I've, 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 the amount, we're almost word for word from what you're saying to me here, I've heard and said it and had this conversation with so many people, either on the podcast here or in private, just people that, that and the stuff that's, that, and I can only say John I suppose because it's people that will mention his name but there's so many things that go far and beyond boxing like life people that have things to deal with in and outside of boxing it's just and, and you never hear a word about it and and that's you're, you summed it up perfectly there to put a job description on it you, you probably couldn't you know no there's no way that he, he literally becomes your dad whenever you're away boxing he becomes your father like it's kind of funny when you think about it that way but it is true 
and and the fact that he still has a full head of hair as well is is, is incredible. You know, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I've never seen a man that grooms the hair and see his beard. Like, listen to this, <laughs> I'll probably tax me and give me a bit of a bashing. But listen, I used to call him Johnny Bravo. He's one of my takes. He wasn't go out with the hair, you know, the hair. No coolest, way. the coolest cat on the block. He's as cool as get out. See, that's like, the dog. That's the... me. Did you ever see what he call him? It's Saturday Night Fever. Where I... Walking about, he reminds me of John Travolta. <laughs> Brilliant! We must, you know what? We must have to dig that up and include it in the in the um, title That's of this exactly. one somehow. Um, but following on, I suppose from that, when you're saying that it, it's it's took on a whole new level of seriousness when when you realise that this was going to be something that more than just a hobby or a pastime that you pick up once or twice a week. Uh, when, at what point of a young boxer's career, James, or I suppose from your own point, do you start to hear from the Ulster coaches or the Irish coaches? At what point does that come along? When you win the nationals, now, now it's changed. I would dare say it's probably it's definitely changed now. But for me, whenever I was coming up, you won the All Irelands, and that was you in the picture. That was you in the frame. That was always whenever I was coming up. That's what I was always told. Was you win, go down in Dublin, win the All Irelands, and that's you. Your foot's in the door. Because then you get onto the national, you onto the national team. Down to you were down the gym, down the stadium. That's when you get in. You used to go down on Saturday. And that was whenever you got your foot in the door. And then when the cadets, and that was you on the team to go away somewhere, to the Europeans or whatever it was. So when the all Ireland, now, now I think it's different. I think if you show a bit of potential in a competition, regardless of where you, whether you win, lose or draw, I think they'll identify it. I think there's people out there that'll identify you and they'll be brought in and they'll be coached along. Do you know what I mean? So there's no one that gets left behind now. And from that standpoint, then you've gone from I suppose it's it's a huge it's it there's so many increments to it and and people that aren't again that are looking I suppose from a fan and from an outside point of view there's it's not just a case of you pick up your bag you go to the train you train for a couple of weeks and then you win all Ireland there's a process to it there's so many steps along the way oh well, definitely and, and listen, there's it's the boxing's one of them sports not everyone is good at it it's one of them, you can't just like on a football pitch there's eleven people there if you're not the best on the team you can you can pass yourself amongst the team. You go into a competition with ten other boxers. If you're not the best, you're not going to win. It's as short as that. It's as cutthroat as that. Yeah, and and with with over, with it all, then the process is as you go along with that comes the the confidence comes from winning and winning and and making that step. And sometimes it might take a little bit longer to make that step five to six from six to seven or whatever the case may be. But by the time you get there and you win your Irish title. There's a there's almost relief to doing that to to winning it, but then it comes the pressure if you want or the the bonus or, or whatever way you want to look at it is stepping up and into that international setup. What's that like for a young fighter when you're making the step? Particularly, and we hear this a lot from different points of view. But for you guys traveling down on a Saturday and then get down there, it must be exciting and worrying all at the same time, is it? I the first time I did, I remember I used to pack my bag on Friday night, and the bag would be sitting and I'd be going right. I'd get up tomorrow morning. My dad would call me. Me and my dad, my dad would drive me down every week. And he'd call me and then we would go. But you would go down the gym and then the odd time, I remember, I think it was Kenny Egan was walking about the gym. And I went, oh shit, there's Kenny Egan there. <laughs> and now, it's funny when you look back now because then I would have became one of them eventually. Yeah. I remember Joe Ward as well being one of them, Paddy and Mick, obviously. Katie Taylor was there. I remember seeing them all walking about one day. And then they go, oh my God, there's... They were the elite team at the time, you know. And then all of a sudden, those it, there's kids looking, thinking, "There's James McGivern, there's these guys." Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? How quick it turns it's around. It's funny, at, at, and at that age, I don't know why. I, it's, I'm purely speaking from a personal point of view, but at that age, I was going, "That's going to be amazing." As I got there doing that, that's going to be amazing. So it is. I'll be the Kenny Egan, or I'll be the Joe Ward, or I'll be the Paddy or Mick. And from from your experience of being that kid looking at Paddy 
or looking at Joe and looking at Kenny and then being the person where the other kids how, how important is it James to be um to be how to to relate to the younger ones how is it how is important from your point of from your memory of being looking up and then having and being the person that they're looking up to it's key isn't it that you guys are able to help them a little bit along the way definitely and everyone does uh I from my personal experience and with the older guys you have it's when you're a kid you have to look at them and go I want to be them and then if someone for me the likes of Mick or Paddy come along and put a wee word in your ear it's 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 a gold dust you can't buy things like that yeah. you know what I mean I remember Paddy was one of them came along and even Paddy saying that he knew me or something like that I remember we were down I think it was down maybe boy two or boy three and Paddy had said he knew who I was and someone comes and says Paddy Barnes down so I asked about you and I went holy shit it was like when the all Ireland's are yeah. and I was like what what do you mean and I'd run downstairs and I'll see where he was and see what was going on so things like that to give you like we we kick we boost and you go how long I can't do that I can't get to where they are. Yeah, it's the important and it, and people don't see that as well. It's it's another huge part of getting the recognition and getting the almost arm around the shoulder and par- bringing you in as part of it. And, and it's all adding to huge layers and layers and layers of confidence and and just belief in yourself that that Definitely. that comes across on the outside. And I've spoken to so many people and I tell a story here so elegantly. I, I can't mention names, but I'll, I'll tell you someday. But uh, talking to dude when interviews and everything else and some people will just when you they'll get into the ring and they'll box the lugs off everybody all over the place and then comes to talking and, and they'll just absolutely freeze or run and it's I, I didn't get it at the beginning I used to laugh and think what are you what, what, why would you be afraid of some Egypt with a microphone you know but and the, the best line I've ever heard and the best explanation of it was when I'm in the ring I don't have to think about it I can do whatever I have to do but yeah. I have to think when I'm outside the ring and everything is everything then outside the ring is I can't control or I can't do and that's a different element and nobody sees that you know yeah, um, when you're in the ring, when you're a boxer in the, the day. So when, when you're in, that's your job. You, you do that's your bread and butter. You know what you're doing when you're in the ring. Me personally, I don't think I struggle too much with interviews. Um, I'm a good talker. Definitely but, are, definitely you are. You've no problems course. in that department. It's funny enough. I actually, I was trying to get my hook at the end. The bar was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm actually doing a podcast later." Oh, deadly, deadly. Well, give them a shout out. Who's the barbers? Give them a shout out. Jonathan Logue Barbers. He's the best barbers in the world. I would say never mind the country. There you go. Well, when James McGivern is making and putting his team together and is and uh, has his entourage ready to go win all Ireland's or Funny. win world titles, he's got to bring Funny his barber enough, with him. I told him I was over hanging over next week to London to spar with Mick, and I had said to him the day that it was going, he was like, "You're going to bring me?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" He was like, "You always see like UFC fighters and Conor McGregor <laughs> and the barber." And I went, "I tell you what, I'm going to bring the barber. I'm going to bring my barber as well." You can mix yourself and Conlon because I've had Mick on here a few times. I can picture the Perry in this in the in the barber's chair and I'm sitting back shooting the breeze, but. Um, uh, big things coming for that man as well and, and um, exciting times yeah. now the boxing is starting to get going again but just as you were talking about there and the pressures and everything else and, and you're able to adjust and bring and adapt to the pressure some a little bit more than others but I'm guessing then there's a side of it and you're, you're on record of, of, of you struggle with it at different points in your career but it's not all it, it's great to be winning the titles and all that but when you're starting to move on and you're winning Commonwealths you're winning Europeans you're competing for your place it's all about being that number one ranking in the in the system here in Ireland that brings its own pressure, doesn't it? It, it, it? And it can get very much, uh, it can get very intense at times. Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, it's no secret of what I ended up going through. It was, it'd been happening for a couple of years, even prior to, before it stopped. It, it swallows you after a while. Because I wasn't, I was just thinking that this is just what I do and I get all of it. You don't actually, I didn't take a second to stop and go, what's going on? Like, what am I feeling here? Like, it was a stage, I'll, I was down in Abbottstown and I was in the SSE gym and I started crying all of a sudden and I was like I don't know why I'm crying or what's mm. making me cracker like I'm not I'm not in pain 
nothing happened to me. But I just busted out. I ran out of detention, just busted out the tears. And I, I was like, I couldn't breathe. And I was like, what is going on here? And it was that that made me go, something's not right. And it had been happening for a couple of years prior to it. But I just sort of went, that's whatever. I'm a boxer. Get on with it. Go and do what you're doing. And then it came to head around that time. And I was like, I need to get something sorted here. And that's when I spoke to Kevin. Kevin brought a guy in. I can't, I can't mind his name. He plays, he plays football for Dublin. He had brought a guy in that had dealt with it. And he was talking to us. And he was like, saying these things going, Danny using sort of, does this happen to any usings? And I was never, never going to put my hand up and say me in front of everybody. But I was going, shit, that does happen to me. And then he was telling me, and he told us how he ended up having a blackout and he woke up in the mental hospital. And I went, you know what? I need to stop this here because if I keep on the way I'm going, that's just going to happen to me. And I'm not going to let that happen. So I got to speak up. Spoke to Kevin. I came in when I spoke to Kevin. I was nervous. I was like, I'm going to tell someone here. Because at the end of the day, you're a boxer. You're you go over to Russia and fight Russians and you do this and you do that so you're that not tough guy persona yep I went and I was like I'm going to have to tell someone here that I'm depressed and have anxiety and was in there the other day crying for no reason as soon as I told him he was like right we'll just we'll work out a way to get forward with it and then from there I made leaps and bounds come to some, well when I look back to then compared to now two different people and from 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 that with that um with that rec that with that ability to recognize it and admit it to yourself and then go to get the help with it 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 must have brought it must have been like just taking that second breath is it when you can't catch your breath and being able to get it all of a sudden honestly there was one day I was down in the club I hadn't told my mother dad about it I was down in the club training I had a panic attack in the club and I went I'm in a boxing club here I'm on all the banners I'm the head honcho I'm the top dog and I'm in here I was heading in the corner. I went, that's the day I went, that, that was another day where I went, I need to seriously get this sorted because it's, well, I think once I recognised what it was, it got worse. If that makes sense? Because then I admitted it to myself almost, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, no, it does. Happen, forget about it. it. It was still there, but it wasn't as bad. But once I admitted it was happening, it became 10 times worse and it just swallows you. And would you say, James, from, I know from you, you can only speak from your own experience and, and I would never, ever, because I, I'm quite open and honest and comfortable enough to admit I've struggled with it for years. And for like your side of things, for many years, I didn't really understand why was I feeling this, it was like a hunger for pain almost. It was like, what's, what is wrong? Like, what, why am I? Yeah. And then every, the next day, everything's cool and you're top of the world and you're singing or you're whistling. But then all of a sudden you get this, what's wrong with me? Like there's something, it's like there's something pulling at you from inside, pulling you down or something. Yeah. That's never, exactly never exactly understood it. I could never, and then all of a sudden, I suppose it took it took years, and it takes you time to figure it out and become. Now I know that it's coming. You can get, maybe do a little bit about it, but not panic so much when it does arrive, and when you, you're able to deal with it and, and 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 look after it as everybody does. But would you say that it's exaggerated or exasperated a little bit by the pressures of being such a in, in competing at a top level as well? Does that add to it? Yeah. So I was again. I was that boxer persona. So I mean, I was the big box and where I'm from there, there's a guy who plays football Mark Sykes who plays football for Oxford where I'm from me and him are like our area in our community we're like the two big sort of leading lights you know I mean everyone knows we go to the bar everyone knows who we are that kind of thing and I was the boxer and everyone was like big tough tough man for someone you know what I mean that, that yeah. standard comes with being a boxer so you try to admit to being and then I'm called, I say a weakness it's not a weakness but it's like a chink in your armour you know what I mean yeah. you have to admit that it's hard to do and you do you put it to the back of your head and think it's nothing that's nothing and then eventually if you do that like if there's anybody listening to this that is, is having that the more you black it out the it's not there it just gets bigger and bigger and then it bites you and when it gets you it gets you yeah, no you're better saying to somebody whether it's your parents whether it's your mates whether it's a doctor whether it's anybody say to somebody 
say uh, it to yourself <laughs> say it to yourself first and once you're able to do that then as you said yeah. the next step yeah you're 100 percent from there from that second that you admit it, you get better you start the process of recovery and we chatted about it there again just before we started recording here we chatted about it off air but um again and we're not this is not to put the downside on it but it's to show the real side of it and and, and i think it's important everybody sees that it's great when to see you guys coming through the airport there's loads of people there there's medals hanging around the necks and there's all the pats on the back but those days are few and far between and and, oh, and yes. for all those days then as i said and i alluded to it off air there's those there's the weeks and months in the hotel up in Abbottstown and Blanchardstown and and people some people again will see it as being a luxury but that has its wear and tear on you as well because at the end of the day you're 18 19 20 year old lads and girls where all their mates are out doing texting pictures and Instagram and everything else it's tough isn't it yeah you become you, you have to you have to grow up really quickly like I started growing up I started becoming a man at 11 because I was away basically I went to Russia with nine strangers I'd never I'd never knew before I went to Chechnya like it's a war zone and then from from there you start to mature you can mature you gotta grow up quickly in this sport and it's being down as you say being down in the hotel you're down in the hotel you're training you're in the hotel you're training like there's it can get it can swallow you up yeah but thankfully you've come to the other side of it now and you're able to wear it as part of, and it doesn't and this is the thing I loved I loved the way you said there the boxer's persona the tough guy image to me James and to most people with a brain and with eyes to see, it makes it makes people tougher to be able to stand out and say, "Hey, listen, this is me." And you can say what you like. This is the way I am. Yeah, I was in tears an hour ago because I watched something and it hit me, or I watched something and I felt something. And what are you going to do about it? You know, what I mean, when it's yeah. real and it's coming from inside, why should anybody care about it, or why should they be worried about it? You know. Exactly. Listen, we can't help. I can't help with that. Again, I can only speak for myself. I can't help. I be lying in bed at night, and all of a sudden, that it gets terrible. I can't predict when it's going to come, but the only thing I can do is I have these these sort of coping mechanisms, and you and you employ them, and then it, it helps you cope. But there's no point if you again if there's someone out there that's, that has it, if you try and act like it's not there and put on that put on that mask as such. Everyone talks about a mask, about this tough guy persona. You're only lying to yourself. We get told in training all the time if you're training and you're not training hard enough. You're not lying to the coaches, you're lying to yourself and you get found out. And it's, it, it, it's a great way to actually relate the two. You're only lying to yourself and eventually you're going to find out. And on both instances, whether it's training or whether it's with your, with your mental side of things, it'll, you'll get found out in brutal fashion, whether it's in the middle of a ring, in front, in, yeah. in front of an arena or whether it's in wherever it is, you've got to look after it all and you've got to get them in a row because when you do and you get those coping mechanisms and put them in place, it becomes the same as anything else. It just becomes, I won't say easy, but yeah. it becomes it becomes part of your life, doesn't it? I would say now I'm better off as a person for it happening. I would say I'm better off because it's, a, it's an experience. 100%. And then you, learn, you, you start to learn and you, you do these wee things, you start to learn about it and you go, right, this, this is a thing. And you, you, eventually you get better and you end up better for it, I think, in the end. And having said all that and gone through all that, we look a little bit back to it. Um, 2019 started exactly as James McGivern would have wanted. You won your elite senior title and won it in style. You secured number one status. You were heading off to Europe. You, you placed, you got to the last 16. In, in a, seriously, I don't think, I think people now are really only starting to realise when you look at the rankings that came out of that, that what a seriously competitive tournament it was and everything else. Oh, God. That's it, then when you... you I didn't even realise that tournament. Yeah. But again, I was, I was, I was only... I would say I was a newcomer to that team. You know what I mean. I was, I'd, I'd always been in the setup, but I was a newcomer to that team. And seeing the guys in it, I myself, oh shit, hold on, 
Like, see that 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 Armenian I fought. I don't know who he was. I went back and I went back to Armenia, and Kurt Kurt Walker's moved me and went. I think he won the Europeans or something. I went shit, right? No problem. But in my head, I'm like, that's no problem. But if I beat the Europeans, happen that means I'm gonna win this tournament. Yeah. And then uh, I actually told this story the other day. Funny enough, we were in the changing rooms warming up, and you had to go through like a wee tunnel to go out to do your ring walk. And I was in blue, so I was going out second. And me and John, we went over and I was like, I'll go and stand in front of him. And they have to squeeze past me to get out. He walked into me and hit me with his shoulder and they broke my back. The boy was built like a house. <laughs> I remember him walking into me going, oh, here we go, this is going to be a fun one, this so it is. So the intimidation didn't work. That was the first loss. I was, I, that was me thinking. I, you see the iron in my back and I'd be standing, broad shoulders. I'll murder this boy and he walked past me and he go oh god at the side of him he walked past me and went he's tiny and I'm huge incredible incredible but you worked through all that you did a clear lot of thinking I suppose short of that and, and looking back at it again I'm looking at that team in particular that's that's transitioned transitioned probably in in a lot of different ways than what I had thought because like, they went through the box cup they went through the Europeans they went through a couple of those events and, and there was medals coming and there was a new team starting to form you could see the faces coming through and then all of a sudden at the back end of 2019 we looked at teams where there was named now again this is from I'm I'm I love boxing I love everything about boxing most of it even the stuff that's that doesn't I try not to think too much about it because the the good far outweighs the bad but you start to see the faces and you're thinking no disrespect to anyone but where is the where is it all and then we all ground to a halt we locked down and now we're back probably I won't say back at the start of a cycle because we're probably just at the end of it in literal terms but it's going to be tough for the for the guys to get back in the team to get boys to get back into the squad it's going to be hard isn't it? Yeah see the way that the squad's lacking goes now it's cutthroat but I, it's, the, it's the best way to do it I think because it's say I win the leads I win the leads so everyone automatically thinks right James is going to this tournament that tournament this tournament that tournament because he's national champion but if I'm down in training and I'm sparring and getting destroyed why should I go I'm not the best performing boxer at that time so the way it works now is if you're not performing you don't go and I as cutthroat as that sounds if you look at just when we want to win medals we don't want to have a boxer there just because he won he goes to everything and doesn't win one fight outside of Ireland and I would suggest I would go as far as to suggest James I think that's the unwritten what you've said there is exactly what most people around the sport know that it's a performance based thing and that if you're looking at how sparring is going and if you're looking at say the number one is struggling there's a little bit going on in the side whatever that's fine that's okay but I think I think where the grey area comes for a lot of people and I, and I suppose from a media standpoint as well is if that was the known if that was put out there and that's the way it works well then that's that's not such a big deal but when you have that gap then in between the, the different committees and the different boards and the politics and everything else starts that's when it becomes a problem isn't it? Yeah um, yeah you can have that sort of breakdown in communication I would suppose you would call it um, but when, when we go down to squad training I will never forget it Bernard Dom stand in front of my listen boys doesn't matter who won what you may be number one in the country for toxic but that doesn't mean you're going anywhere if you don't perform down here going nowhere and I think one it motivates you to perform the best you can in every single training session and two it 
you're more likely to win medals, aren't you? It keeps you on your edge. It keeps your mental side <laughs> as well, and that's then where you need to keep everything. And then from you, it, it turns it back in onto the fighter as well. So the fighter then has to do the work in the areas that they're. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I can, I can see the values of it. I really can. But I and 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 you put it precisely there. I think if the communication was better and the interaction. I think it becomes the picture becomes very much clearer, and then it becomes pretty much the same system that's in every other country, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's a process that works. It, it doesn't work for everyone because the guy that won the nationals but doesn't get to go to the tournament goes, "Well, why is that happening for? That shouldn't be happening." But it works for everyone else because yeah. you, if you perform, you should go. Like if you're playing on a football team, you don't perform, you don't get started on the bench. It's basically the same thing. Exactly. If you look at every weight category as having, say, four boxers in each weight category. If you're not performing you're on the bench, you might get a go at the next tournament if you perform better. So it gives you that selection panel almost. Yeah. You work through all those issues. You work through the, the, the tail end of it. You were got, I suppose you had gone through it. The decision was made. Some Throughout all of that, you clearly did a lot of thinking. You did a lot of planning. And there was a lot of surprises. I said at the top of the hour, for me, when you look at someone with the talent and with the style that you have, you, you think you start thinking down the track a little bit further some some it will take longer for them to transition because of the amateur style and sometimes then stay in that little bit longer for you how was the decision made and how did the timing come about for you to, to move to, to make the change over um, so I was I was done with boxing I had, once I had that battle with the press and that was me I was done I was like I'm going to leave this here I'm just going to focus on getting myself better I'm not going to Dublin no more because down in Dublin you're seeing the hotel room that's when it got at its worst and I went, I'm going to go away here for a while and just work on myself. I was in the house one night and Danzo texted me and says, why not go pro? I went, what do you mean? And he was like, you're, you're too talented just to stop. It would be it would be a sin just to stop. Why not go pro? Forget about being amateur. Forget about Dublin. Forget about Tokyo. Forget about it all. Start fresh and go pro. And then once I read that text message, honestly, I got like, I was like butterflies. I got in my stomach. And I went, oh, why not? Because I didn't... I didn't hate boxing. I'm, the guy Missy, the Ulster Hall, he performing in a hall. I miss that. The guy would, I often say and say I'm an entertainer because I love seeing being in front of a crowd and everything going on. I love being in that whole situation. So I never thought about that. I went, why, why can't I go pro? And then I, I, I looked down the line and went, I could win a world title as a pro. As soon as I went on, I went, I weighed myself. I went upstairs and weighed myself. I was like 66 kilos. And I went, I can make 59, super feather. And I can make that no problem. I can make that easy. And then from there I went on and looked at the world champions at my weight and I went, I can beat him. European, I, I can beat him. And I went, you know what, I'm doing it, scrub it. And then I, said, I, I told John, I thought that John deserved to know. I didn't want John to find out in the media or something. So from John, I went, can I have a chat with you about it? He says, no problem. And then from there we just went. Incredible. Incredible. And is it that simple from your point of view? I suppose you get your head. It was it was the conversation. It was like when somebody made it, somebody said it to you. Before they had said it to you, did the idea really resonate with you at all? Not really. No. Whenever I made the choice to stop, I was like, "Ask me, I'm done, I'm done." And then it was almost like it was almost like Danzo was just like stoking the fire. You know, like the fire was yeah. Like, and Danzo came along and poked it a bit, man. And, and then he lit it again, and that was me. Like to see the people talk about the fire. See now, it's it's a bonfire now. It's a blaze. It's I, a I was fire. literally just going to say that to you. I was absolute. That was my next question. I said, "Now that you're." It seems it must seem like an absolute lifetime ago, but yet it was only a few months ago. You're in pro camp. You're in. You're now a fully professional boxer. You're in your camp, ready for your first fight. You've got a date coming down the line. Uh, all that goes with that. 
but now you've got a whole new set of goals. You've got new dreams. You've got yeah. new dra- gradual steps. You've got the stuff that you want to go to. John wants about universal boxing. You've got your own ideas. You've got all that ahead of you. I was going to say, does that bring with it? The, of course, of course, it's going to bring the extra pressure. It's going to bring the pressure that any new job will bring with you. But it also must bring that new. It, it, it must be like going to the gym all over again, starting from scratch, isn't it? I actually did an interview there on Sunday for the newspaper, and that's exactly what I said. I'm back to being a student again. Brilliant. See, towards the end of me being an amateur boxer, I was like, I'm not going to train him. What the hell I go to train him for? So I'm this, that, and the other. See, now I go back down to the club and I be like, I'm a, a new, it's like I'm, I'm like a novice again. I'm a new boxer. You can hear it in your voice, James. I can hear it in your voice. And I actually, you know what? I was looking back just before I rang you here today. I look back. I was meant to chat with you around July last year. And, yeah. I, and I'm putting the timelines together now. And I'm guessing that was around the time you had decided to opt out. Things hadn't been going great. But July was probably the worst sort of thing. That's whenever I stopped. Yeah, and and I didn't know, and you had said, yeah, listen, give us a call or whatever. And of course, me, I, now I would always, I would always kind of back off a little bit. But looking at it now and listening to you now, it's like just two total different fellas. Like you've just, you've got the bug again. Yeah, that's a, a, a two different. If I look back now, like with the person I was this time last year, compared to now, he's two different people. That's two frightening, isn't it? I was, last year, I'd have just sat in my room and won the buds. Sat in the room, we had one out the odd time, wasn't the buds, wasn't the nothing. Whereas now I'm up every day, I'm training, I'm working, I'm out socialising more, I'm out all the time. Like I used to sit in the house, sit in my PlayStation for nine hours a day last year. I look back now and go, such a waste of like, valuable time. Mm. I was 21 years old, and it's just a waste of valuable time there. But my friend, it's only a waste if we don't learn from it, and you've learned from exactly. it. And listen, I can hear it in your voice. You can hear the fizz. You can hear the excitement. You can hear the buzz. Um, I'm yeah. sure that'll be taken out of you when you get to the gym for the session or whatever else. But uh, when, when someone night. says to you now, James McGivern, professional boxer, how does that feel? I, it's like butterflies. It's it's sort of surreal when you talk about it. Whenever you say I'm I'm a professional boxer, whatever I tell someone, someone goes, "What are you doing? I'm a professional boxer." And they go, are "You famous?" I'm like, "No, I'm not famous yet, but hope I'll be soon." The other day, front of, I was coming to the bottom of the street and maybe cousin was there and I said hello to him. I was with a wee group of mates and one of them goes, are you the boxer? I goes, I am a boxer. And he goes, are you famous? And I went, no, but it will be. Because I'm going home tell my daddy I met a famous person. <laughs> and it's something so small. The guy, the kid was maybe six years old and I went myself, that's class. And James, in 20 years time, that kid could go and tell a story that the day that he decided he was exactly. going to do the same. So we never know. And that's that plays the importance so much for like, and, and that's why I love listening to people that you to tell your story, listening to so many, every boxer, every person in this world has a story, has a grind, has a battle. Yeah. But to hear you guys tell it, it gives them a little bit of, you've got a platform and some people don't realise how big that platform is and some people don't realise how important it is to someone somewhere, you know. The last thing I'm going to say to you and let you go and enjoy a little bit more of the sun and, and, and I'm really delighted now, this, this conversation, is, I was looking forward to it anyways, but even it's yeah. even more so now. You've got all your old teammates. You've got all the guys and girls that were living and um, just training and, and, and going, they'll be going back into camp, I believe, in the next week or so. Have you got a message uh-huh. for them as you head on your own camp and your new journey, their journey is about, have you got a message for them as you go on yours? Just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, I watched some of the qualifiers there. There's no one out there. I've said it for years. People talk about the Russia and Cuba and this. There's no one bad in Ireland. No one bad. There's something that we have. I'm John used to say we used to have, like the Brom used to be getting just scrap, and now we're getting the, the brains behind it. Like we're going to be a dominant country. We already are a dominant country, and the guys and girls are down there now. I've been there and been in the gym with them. I've shared the ring with some of them. I want to give a big thanks and shout out to James for taking time out of his camp and preparations for his professional debut. Exciting, busy times. 
but it also pulls back the curtain a little bit and shows there's a lot more to these boxers and fighters than people realise most of the time. The next episode will feature an old friend of the podcast, Declan Spellman, as he prepares for his Commonwealth title fight with Lyndon Arthur. So until that next episode, stay safe and well, keep smiling, and remember, all's well that ends well.